Ladies and gentlemen, start your stopwatches because you're listening to the dispatches on the clock and that means we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or less. Well, actually, it's going to take us more than 15 minutes today again. I will do my best, though, to knock this out of the park as quick as I can, but we need a little bit more time because today we're going to talk about the deeper sacramental meaning of Sam Smith's controversial satanic performance at the 2023 Grammy Awards earlier this month. Now before we go any further, just let me start by saying if you don't know about this incident involving Sam Smith at the Grammys a couple of weeks ago, lucky you, but let me give you a quick explanation. A couple of weeks ago, the annual Grammy Music Awards, Sam Smith and Kim Petras, a couple of pop singers, get up to sing one of their songs, they perform it live on stage, and the performance involves a whole lot of satanic imagery, including Sam Smith dressed as Satan. We'll talk more about their performance in just a second, but there have unsurprisingly been uh, different reactions to this and some quite vocal reactions. There is one group of people who are saying this is absolutely shocking. This is literal Satan worship and this is shocking. There's another group who are saying, no, 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 it's just a sensationalistic gimmick. Uh, It doesn't have any deeper meaning. In this episode, what I want to do is I want to actually chart a slightly different course because I think there's some deeper issues we need to consider in all of this. And I think there's a little bit of false dichotomy going on here. And I think it's important to maybe cut through that in my humble opinion. Before I do that, though, I've actually got to take a step back and build a little bit of a foundation so we can unpack this incident in a bit more detail to sort of understand the deeper meaning of what I think was going on and what um, happened at the Grammys actually points us towards. So first of all, let me lay that foundation. We live in a sacramental world. Now, if you're a Christian or you know of Christian things, you've probably heard of the term, the phrase, the word sacrament. A sacrament in a nutshell is an outward sign of an invisible reality. Another way of putting it is that a sacrament makes real what it symbolizes. A really good example of this is found in the sacrament of baptism. And what do you have with baptism? There's the symbolic washing of the person that goes on. They either go down into a pool of water, a body of water, they go under the water, they come up, or the water is poured over them, etc. There is symbolic washing. And this outward sign this outward symbolism points to the invisible reality of a person actually being spiritually cleansed of the stain of original sin. So there's an outward sign of an invisible reality. So that's a sacrament. But I would like to suggest to you that we need to think about the world and the fact that we live in a sacramental reality and that almost everything we do, if not everything we do, has a sacramental character to it. It's an outward sign of an invisible reality. Let me give you some basic examples. Tiredness is an invisible reality. Other people can't see your tiredness, but they see the outward signs of it. So if you're in a meeting and you yawn, that's an outward sign of the invisible reality of tiredness. Or maybe if I'm giving a presentation and someone goes to sleep during my presentation, that's a sacramental action. It's an action that has a sacramental character. There is an invisible reality at play that I can't see. Maybe the person is tired. Maybe they're just bored and disinterested, and so they've chosen to not often go to sleep. These are invisible realities 
that the outward signs point to and they also make real. Another one is kneeling when you pray. If you're a person who prays and you kneel, what you are doing is you are pointing to uh, an invisible reality. You are pointing to the invisible reality that you believe God to be the profound and all good and all powerful and all holy king of the universe. And so therefore, what do you do in the presence of absolute divinity? You prostrate yourself. You uh, humble yourself, which is another invisible reality, your humility, that's an outward sign of an invisible reality. So with that in mind, that little foundation about the fact that we live in a world where our actions have a sacramental character to them, let's think about the Grammys. And first of all, before we even talk about the incident at this year's Grammys, I think it's worth noting that the Grammys are actually like a kind of liturgy. They're a liturgical event. Every year they happen. They're an annual thing. People gather together. There's a type of corporate worship, if you like, going on here. There's messages and sermonizing, and often now it's all about moral issues and moral beliefs that various people want us to embrace and to follow. The messages are interdispersed with music and singing, corporate music and singing, and there's often dancing and other actions like that going on. There is a sanctuary-type uh, area, a stage up the front with a lectern, uh, a podium uh, where you know these messages are delivered from. The chosen ones are called forth from the midst of the crowd and they are anointed and given an accolade. And then, of course, they announce themselves and they make their own declarations, often now moral declarations to the rest of the crowd. And as I said, this thing happens every single year. This group of people gather together in this one place. It has its own particular character and it is a type of liturgy. So what happened this year at the 2023 Grammys liturgy? Well, first of all, and this is the incident which has provoked all of the, the outrage and the reaction, and also the reaction of people saying, no, nah, it's just a sensationalistic gimmick. So what happened was this. Madonna takes the stage, the high priestess of the perverse, if you like, the pop singer who made a name for herself after starting her career on a what you'd call probably a very typical pop career, all of a sudden uh, took a wild swing into the perverse and was singing about uh, sexual deviancy and perverse behaviours and and look at me, uh, I'm the high priestess of the perverse and, and built an image for herself around that and then actually, funnily enough, had moved out of that for a time and seems to have now gone back into that shtick. But Madonna gets up to introduce Sam Smith and Kim Petras and Madonna is dressed in a black dominatrix outfit carrying a riding crop. And she gives what I think is a rather trite speech about rebels and how if you see people who are rebels in the music industry and who are you know, doing these shocking things, then that's a sign of something important. That's not true at all. It could just be something who is... Uh, or someone who is just so vacuous they don't really know how to perform well, so they've gone for the shocking sensationalism to cover over and mask the fact that they don't have anything truly deep to offer the world. But on top of that, uh, this is very trite because there's nothing rebellious about the Grammys or about people getting up and singing about perversity and deviancy. That is now normalised. We'll talk more about that in a moment. So there's really nothing rebellious about this at all. Once she has introduced them, Sam Smith and Kim Petras take the stage and they begin singing and performing. Now, Sam Smith is dressed as the devil. He's all in red. He's got a cane. Uh, towards the end of the song, he has a hat on with horns on it. He is the devil. By the way, this is just a caricature of the devil. As someone 
wisely once told me, Brendan, the devil doesn't have horns, a pitchfork and a red cape. The devil looks like everything you've ever wanted. That is a very, very important piece of wisdom to remember. Now, Kim Petrus is on the other side of the auditorium in a cage surrounded by literal fires that are burning away around that cage. Obviously, this is imagery that's meant to invoke the fires of hell. Kim Petrus is dressed in red. Sam Smith is dressed in red. The entire thing is bathed in red Lighting the whole point here is it's this demonic, diabolical fires of hell, the red caricature color of the devil. All of that is present in the imagery that we see on stage during this performance. And Sam Smith is on his own little stage. He is a circle of dancers surrounding him, and they're actually bowing and worship and and all the rest of it. And and, and it's clearly imagery that's supposed to invoke ideas of witchcraft and satanic worship. There's a coven, there's a circle. You know, they're literally bowing down to him and all that kind of stuff. So there's no mistaking the satanic imagery that we see on display here. And all the while this is going on, they are singing their song, which is called Unholy, which crudely tells the story, and crudely, I mean the, the, the language that's used, crudely tells the story of a married man who is engaging in sexual infidelity with another woman on an ongoing basis. So it's not a one-night stand, it's a permanent ongoing thing. And in actual fact, uh, when you look at the lyrics of verse 3, and I don't recommend you necessarily go and read the lyrics, but when you look at the lyrics of verse 3, Uh, it actually seems to indicate that there's some form of prostitution going on here as well. Now, uh, some people uh, like to use euphemism and they say, this is a sugar daddy type relationship. Now, make no mistake about it, a sugar daddy relationship is a relationship that involves prostitution. Someone is being reduced to an object and they are being paid for the use of their body. Someone else is being sexually gratified uh, and paying them for the use of their body for that purpose. So that's what happened. So what is the sacramental character of this incident? What is the invisible reality that this outward sign we saw at the Grammys, what, what, what does it actually point us to? What is that invisible reality? And, and also I would argue, what is the invisible reality that it makes real? Well, first of all, I don't think this is literal Satan worship. Now, I'm willing to be wrong on that. If someone who actually designed and put this all together actually steps up and says, yeah, no, this actually was Satan worship. We intended it to be the actual worship of Satan. But I haven't seen anything like that. And it it has all the hallmarks of sort of um, caricature and symbolism rather than literalness. So I'm assuming that this is not literal Satan worship. In fact, I suspect a lot of the people present there, and I think this is rather foolish of them, don't actually believe in the demonic and don't understand or accept that reality. So I don't think this was literal Satan worship, but, and this is really important, that does not mean that this is meaningless. And I think this is the mistake that some people are making. They're saying, well, it's just sensationalistic schlock and shtick and it's just symbolism and it doesn't have any deeper meaning. No, no, that's not true at all. Sure, there is sensationalism to all of this, but there are plenty of sensationalistic gimmicks that Kim Petrus and Sam Smith could have engaged in that don't look anything like this. There is a special character to this particular act of sensationalism, and that's important to understand. They could have, for example, turned up dressed as Trump 
with people dancing around them wearing MAGA hats. That would have been sensationalistic, schlocky, shocky type gimmick stuff that would have attracted the headlines. But they didn't go that way. They went for a sensationalistic act that had a completely different character and the character of that act is the important thing that we need to understand. So what is the deeper meaning in all of this? Well, first of all, what we see in the sacramental character of this incident at the Grammys is we see uh, depictions and symbolism of self-love and self-creation. First of all, Madonna, who gets up to introduce this performance, this is the first time, I think, beyond social media, this is the first time on quite a, a large global live audiovisual scale her new face has been presented to the world. So if you haven't seen it, Madonna has had some very radical plastic surgery. She doesn't really look like, she doesn't look like her former self. This looks like someone completely different. In fact, I would argue there's a almost a dehumanization that's gone on here because it doesn't actually look human what we're seeing here. It's not just a change of some facial features. This looks like a, a mask on top of a human face in many ways. I actually think that this is the most tragic incident of plastic surgery and scarification of a human body that we've seen on a celebrity since uh, Michael Jackson did what he did to himself. It's really quite bizarre and very tragic in that regard to see someone's life devolving in this way. So Madonna has literally recreated herself with this plastic surgery and she gets up to introduce the performance. Then we also have Kim Petrus, who is the other pop singer who's singing along with Sam Smith. Kim Petrus is transgender. Kim Petrus is a biological male who identifies as a female and in fact I think still holds the record for the world's youngest child to be transitioned. And yes, I say to be transitioned because I think at that young an age, the transitioning is done to you. You lack, I think, the fullness of wisdom and maturity in life to actually understand fully and to really give authentic consent to all of this. I think others have engaged in a process of coercion or corruption that has allowed or enabled this to actually happen. Now, of course, the image is satanic. We literally have Satan uh, being mimicked uh, and um, performed you know, through costuming and everything else in this particular performance. And what is Satan's greatest sin? It's pride. It's self-love. This is self-love. This is self-creation on display here. This is very Nietzschean, Friedrich Nietzsche. The whole uh, thing of Nietzsche is uh, not nihilism, but self-creation. There is no God, says Nietzsche. We have killed him. We become the new gods now. We will create ourselves. We will create meaning for ourselves. We will create the world for ourselves as we want it to be. And so that is very much present. This invisible reality is very much present in the, the sacramental character of this incident. We also have the invisible reality of self-gratification and objectification being made present in this performance. I mean, the very central theme of the song that they sing is about self-gratification and objectification. It's two people who have reduced another human person to an object, which they then use for their own sexual self-gratification. A human person has been reduced to a piece of meat for someone else's gratification, which is then disposed of. This other human person is disposed of once they've had their gratification. It's the exact opposite of loving. 
it is using another human person as a commodity. In fact, if you look at the lyrics in this song, someone has been commodified. They've been turned into a commodity that is paid for. So there's self-gratification and objectification. There is also a clear rejection of goodness and truth. The individual subject, as I said, creates their own morality. And it's not hard to see here a very clear uh, pointer or symbolism to the rejection of the sacred order, to the rejection of the Christian sacred order. This is very common in particular political activists and revolutionary circles. They embrace and hold up Satan as a hero, as the first revolutionary, because in their distorted way of thinking about the world, Satan is the one who rejects power and fights and mounts a revolution, a very flawed revolution, which you'd think they would learn from, but no, nonetheless, they still hold him up and celebrate Satan as you know the first activist, the first revolutionary. So there's a rejection of the sacred order in all of this. They are literally worshipping created things here. That's what's going on. And as such, it reminds me of that beautiful but very poignant verse that is written by St. Augustine when he says this. He's talking about his own life. He says, Late have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. And he's talking about God. And then he goes on to say this, You were within me, but I was outside, and it was there that I searched for you. In my unloveliness, I plunged into the lovely things which you created. You were with me, but I was not with you created things kept me from you. Let me read that again. Created things kept me from you. In other words, here's someone worshipping created things, seeking out gratification in created things, all the while abandoning the creator of those things. This is a rejection of the sacred for the self, for self-gratification, for self-love, for self-creation. This is a rejection of the creator in favor of created things. The gift of sex is a profoundly good and beautiful created good. But we don't see a reverent celebration of that sacred good on display here. We see this hedonistic debasement and destruction and immolation of that sacred good because these people grab it and try and worship the good as if it is a god. Art performance, music, these are all created goods. But what we see on display here is a destruction of these things. They are taken and they become the objects of idolatry. Instead of being the pointers back towards the ultimate good, they become the object of worship. Ultimately, I think what we witnessed at the Grammys in this incident is an outward sign of the invisible reality that our culture has now collapsed. You see, every society has uh, deviancy and extremes at its fringes. But ours is now a society that has brought the deviancy and the extremes into the center and made them mainstream. This was celebrated. This is mainstream fear going on here. This is why all Madonnas talk about rebellion and rebels. It's just not true. This is the mainstream. This is celebrated. This is lauded. We have collapsed. That's why this is happening. These are outward signs of that invisible reality. And make no mistake about it, this is demonic. It is diabolical. It's literally, as the name of the song says, unholy. It's the opposite of holiness. It's profane. It's a rejection of the sacred and the holy. It's a debasement of those things. It is 
unholy. But can I also suggest that it's not just unholy as in U-N-H-O-L-Y, unholy as in profane, which is the spelling of the song, but it's also unholy in the spelling of U-N-W-H-O-L-E-Y, unholy. In other words, when we engage in these kinds of things, we are made incomplete. We make ourselves incomplete. We aren't whole. This is a reduction of the human person to an object, to an urge-driven animal with nothing more but base instincts to, to guide them. There's no connection to goodness and truth and beauty, to the sacred order. When we cut ourselves off from God in this way, we cut ourselves off from ourselves as well. Our wholeness is diminished. Our authentic humanity is diminished. We don't flourish. We begin to diminish when we do these kinds of things. And this, in a nutshell, is the original sin all over again. Satan when he is tempting Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, you can be just like God. That's the temptation that they fall for. You will be just like God if you do this thing. So what does that mean? Well, God created you in his image to know, love, and serve him. But guess what? You will be just like God. You can be your own God. And you will recreate yourself in your own image and according to your own moral law and your own designs and desires. The sacramental character of this act, this is the radical individualism of enlightenment liberalism on full display. And the tragedy in all of this is uh, I am reminded of something we read in Genesis chapter 3. Immediately after Adam and Eve have sinned and original sin has entered the world, this happens. Let me read to you from Genesis chapter 3. They, this is Adam and Eve, heard the sound of God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. This has probably got to be one of the most tragic moments in all of human history, in all of the Christian scriptures. Adam and Eve, who had this complete communion with God, the sin that they have entered into, this desire to be gods in their own right, hasn't made them equals. It hasn't helped them to flourish. They are now diminished. Their relationship with God is broken, and they are fearful of their creator who loves them more than anything else in the world. This is a profound moment of tragedy, and this is the thing that has played out time and time and time again. So no, this is not literal Satan worship that we saw at the Grammys, but that doesn't mean we should just laugh this all off. No, that would be the mistake of indifference. And indifference is the great poison of our age, or one of the great poisons of our age. Don't be indifferent about this. This might not be literal Satan worship, but that doesn't mean that this is just meaningless. There's nothing more important that we should see or understand about all of this. We are not just mechanistic beings in a material world. No pun intended there to Madonna. We are not. There is an invisible reality to the human experience. We are spiritual beings as well. We are a unified whole of body and soul. There are spiritual realities beyond the material at play, and they do matter. There is a sacramental character to our actions and to our world. So I think what we need to do, our best response, if you get outraged, you get upset, you get saddened by what you see happening at the Grammys and what you see in this performance by Sam Smith and Kim Petras, here's the answer. What we need to do in our own lives is we need to recover and foster an authentic sacramental character built on Christian virtue. 
That's what we need to do. That's what we can do. That's how we change the world. It's the thing that we can actually do. It's the one thing we can do. And it's probably, ironically, the one thing we spend least time focused on. Instead, what we tend to do is focus on the outrage of stuff happening outside of our lives while ignoring the things we should and could be doing inside our own world, our own life, to actually change the world for the better. And the way that we do this, foster, recover, and authentic sacramental character in our own lives is through regular prayer, reading of the scriptures, the way we act, our thoughts, our words, how we think about and speak about others, our actions, how we treat other people, the practice of virtue. And the greatest of all the virtues, of course, is love, self-giving love, seeking the good of another, self-sacrifice for the good of another. When we do these things, our lives manifest the invisible reality of God and his great love for all of us. And you know what else? When we do this, we actually make real that invisible reality in our world in a very profound and important and radically life-changing way. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more like it, then please consider becoming a patron of our work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. With just $5 or more per month, you will be helping to ensure that more of these episodes keep getting made and also you will get access to an exclusive patrons only episode a full length patrons only episode of the dispatches podcast every single week you can do that at patreon.com forward slash left foot media there is also a link in the show notes don't forget live by goodness truth and beauty not by lies and i will see you next time on the dispatches on the clock is brought to you by left foot media Support our important independent media work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia with just $5 or more per month and you'll receive exclusive access to our full-length patrons-only episode of the Dispatches podcast every single week. That's patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link is in the show notes. Mm -hmm.